0: Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today about Zero Trust Maturity. It's my pleasure to be speaking with Kelsey Nelson. She's Product Marketing Manager with Okta. Kelsey, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So Kelsey, as you and I know, there's so much market buzz today about Zero Trust. Everybody's talking about it. But with so many people talking about it, definitions can be a little confusing. When you talk about zero trust, how do you define the term?
1: Yeah, I think this is this is a great question because we see that term used in so many different places and in so many different ways. And really when we think about zero trust at Okta, we talk about it in, as a philosophy change related to security. So with the rise of cloud mobile, we have to approach security differently. Uh, today more people are accessing more resources than ever before and at the same time they're doing so from you know potentially a mobile device at the coffee shop down the street or from um, a corporate device while they're on the road and so the way that we traditionally approach security where we had our devices at our office on our corporate network doesn't make sense Uh, and so Zero Trust really encapsulates how do we start to think about security in this new paradigm and what controls need to be put in place in order to uh, maintain that strong security posture.
0: So, Kelsey, if we look at this as a strategy, what would you say are the key components of a Zero Trust strategy?
1: Yeah, I think when we talk to organizations about how Zero Trust, you know, what, what does it take then if we accept this premise that uh, you know, with the rise of cloud mobile and, you know, how am I rethinking security? And, you know, it is going to look different for every organization. And there is no one technology that's going to be a silver bullet for solving zero trust. And, you know, when you talk to security leaders, of course, the, you know, a lot of those first steps are going to be coming into really understanding what is what is the lay of the land, what kinds of devices are using, what types of applications, what what is the problem statement here? Um, and from there, we can start to take a look at how do we want to secure the devices? How do we want to protect? Um, you know, we've seen micro segmentation was an, was an earlier approach to starting to solve this zero trust security strategy. But for many organizations, what we're seeing and hearing is the, is the foundation for how they're beginning this journey today is really starting on the identity and access component, really solving for that initial challenge of I have someone that's accessing some resource Uh, amidst all of this, you know, that, that, craziness that we described earlier, and really starting to put controls around that component. And so drilling into making sure that I have a strong identity access management solution as a starting point, uh, and then continuing to build out my my broader Zero Trust strategy from there.
0: So Kelsey, let's focus specifically on that identity and access component, just for a few minutes here. And my first question for you is, how do you find some enterprises approaching Zero Trust As it relates to IAM.
1: Yeah, so we, you know, I think when we start to see organizations putting this into practice, uh, one of uh, I think maybe the misconceptions around zero trust, and this isn't exclusive to identity, but certainly we can start to use this. But as we as we are starting to put these things into practice, I think a misconception is that you know, do I have to blow up my entire security stack and start to rethink? everything that I have for stronger security to achieve zero trust. Uh, and, you know, we look at examples like BeyondCorp, uh, Google's BeyondCorp as, okay, I definitely want to try to achieve that, but I don't have maybe Google's unlimited resources, you know, people, funds, to and years to go ahead and build that. And so how can I start to take um, maybe different pieces uh, of that and start to put it, and, and start to maybe rethink those components? So, so when we start to look at the identity piece, really looking at and certainly to, to make sure that we're covering this, this spread of cloud and mobile, looking at a cloud-based solution that is gonna connect to all of the modern services as well as well as um, you know, into those existing, maybe on-premises applications that we have now or infrastructure and starting to build out to cover all of those different user types and all of those different resource types. And so usually we'll see organizations that are starting on this journey, they may have some sort of on-premises directory, maybe like an AD or LDAP. Uh, They may be starting to adopt cloud applications. And then the first question becomes, how do I start to wrap my arms around and start to unify all of that content? All of those, all of those resources. And so they'll start to implement something like a single sign-on solution, and on top of that, maybe a, a multi-factor authentication solution that wraps around that entire ecosystem, which, candidly, is easier said than done. We see most organizations that we talk to uh, around the globe tend to fall within that stage. If we put this into a, a, you know, stage zero and stage one, most organizations, probably two-thirds, are really focused on that step uh, of the journey. Um, and not only doing so for your employees, but doing so for those ex- external workers. So maybe you have a contractor, you have partners who also need access to those resources um, becomes another another step to try to wrap your arms around. And then once you see organizations as they're starting to move forward, uh, maybe they they've started to they have visibility into who is accessing what, and they put those stronger access controls around all of those resources, starting to extend that, uh, maybe in a, more of a stage two phase, uh, starting to extend that to different resource types. So. Not just applications, but potentially into infrastructure or into API security. And then they're also starting to look for ways to automate those processes. Can we automate giving access, the provisioning piece, as well as, equally importantly, making sure that we're automating that deprovisioning? And that's really an area where we see a lot of organizations are, um, there's an opportunity to automate that full life cycle uh, of a user. And certainly for internal, those employees, but also for those partners and contractors, just become exponentially more difficult. So starting to, once we have all those access controls, making sure that we can automate that and remove any manual processes around them. And then once we've uh the kind of the the, the zenith stage here uh, is where we start to see putting in more risk based policies and saying okay understanding all of the different nuances and the the, the context that goes into a, an authentication decision how can i put that into um and help strengthen my access controls how can i start to set policies against Maybe a specific type of context, like knowing whether the device is managed or unmanaged, or if this is an unknown geography or an IP, and starting to use that insight to better understand: is this should this person be allowed access into that resource? And potentially, if it's a, you know a typical authentication pattern, so maybe it's you know me signing into or Tom, you're signing into your typical you know corporate computer from your office. Uh, at a at a usual time of day, I know this is a, a usual pattern for you, so I can deliver you something like a Password experience.
0: So, Kelsey, as organizations put this into practice, what do you find to be some of the specific challenges they might face?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest hurdle we see organizations is really that user type. So being able to do this for all of your different users. Um, we actually ran a survey earlier this year to understand where organizations are at one, how they're sequencing, how they're starting to put uh, these controls into place, and that's that's sort of how we got this some of these stages. And then two, where are those challenge areas? And we did see, you know, as expected, we did see a sort of drop off as organizations move through the maturity curve. But there was sort of a forking midway through of being able to implement all of these, you know, maybe a, the automated provisioning or a password list for employees, and then a drop off for those external users. So I think being able to do this kind of security, not just for your employees, but your contractors and partners, is really a challenge area that we, we see for many organizations.
0: So it sounds pretty ambitious. What if organizations find that they lack the resources to rethink their security strategy to focus on zero trust? What then?
1: Now, again, I mentioned earlier, I think that there is this concept or this uh, exists this idea that zero trust means I have to you know, completely redo my security stack. But for many organizations, this is taking a lot of your existing tools or taking something like identity and access management and re- maybe rethinking the how, how you're applying policies or how can I break down and start to automate these things. So it's not necessarily that I need to rip and replace every part of my security stack. It's starting to take key components. It's making sure that those components are optimized in the best way possible to ensure that only the right users have access to the right resources and at the right time, and making sure that that's integrated tightly across other security tools. So, making sure that that's integrated closely with potentially your SIM or your your security orchestration tool, um, and that we're feeding or feeding in context from your mobile, your EDM or your um, mobile device management solution. So. Certainly there is going to be some resourcing, but I think a lot of it is is actually just how you're applying those resources and making sure that they're interconnected.
0: So talk to me about benchmarking. How can organizations access where they currently stand in their zero-trust journey?
1: Sure. So great question. We actually have a an online assessment tool available for organizations to determine where they fall within their, their, the identity portion of their zero-trust journey. So uh, that tool will through a short assessment, give them a picture of where they fall within those different phases that we talked through earlier, and also give them insight into how they stack up against their peers and what their peers are prioritizing next uh, based on the results that you would get. So you can get some insight into where you are, where your peers are, and uh, maybe what the next step might be based on, on your results.
0: Kelsey, talk to me a little bit more about Okta. What are you doing specifically to help enterprises get the most out of their zero-trust strategy?
1: Uh, we've been really focused over the last year on making, making zero-trust more tangible for the organizations that we work with. Again, I think the, the top things that we hear from, from security leaders that we talk to is, I love this idea of zero-trust, but I don't know how to go from zero to zero-trust. In a in a meaningful way, and that's not going to totally overwhelm and mean I have to re you know rethink my security strategy. And so we've spent most of our time working with customers and working with security leaders to determine how can you start to take the pieces you have and using a service like Okta to start to put this into practice uh, in your organization, making zero trust real.
0: Well, very good, Kelsey. I appreciate your time and insight today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tom. Again, we've been talking about zero trust maturity, and I've been speaking with Kelsey Nelson. She's Product Marketing Manager with Okta. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.